0: Good morning, Brad. How are you?
1: I am wonderful, and I am so excited and happy to be here with you, Adrian. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with you and share a little bit about my journey and my story. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you. And ditto. You know you are such a rock star in my eyes, (laughs) and... You've been a huge mentor. I'm going to make his face go all nice and red. (laughs) Um, You've been a huge mentor. You uh, do so many things for so many people. Um, You educate, you lift, you empower, and you share your knowledge. You know, you don't keep things close to your chest. And you are just an amazing human. And I want to celebrate you today. Mm -hmm. I love your story. How does it feel to be on the opposite side?
1: Well, you know, I made a promise to myself at the beginning of this year that I would start to put myself out there more and get on the other side of the mic. So I'm it's still it's still a little weird, but I'm starting to get used to it because I'm doing more podcast interviews as a guest now. So I'm I'm starting to get used to it. It's still a little it's odd, just, but
0: of course. But you know what? It's so important because, you know, in in this day and age, as great as you know, your business is people want to connect with you. They want to connect with the person behind the business versus the product. And you are so incredible. And your story is one to be celebrated and to be told. And I would like to know just a little bit more than (laughs) I already know, but I want you to share with us sort of how you got to where you are today which is uplifting um so many women but also so many humans because i think regardless of gender um Mm -hmm. watch what you do you can draw so much inspiration
1: well thank you very much you're again you're making me go red and I I really appreciate. On you. <laughs> I really appreciate the kudos and the support from you. You have been a huge support of what I'm doing, and I really appreciate that. And you know, it's been an incredible journey. Last month, April was my three year anniversary or three year pod anniversary, as they say. Ooh, ooh. Um,
0: and, and lots to celebrate there. Do brag, do brag.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey, and you know. I, I know that none of this is possible. First of all, I want to say thank you, of course, to you. You were a guest on my podcast and all of the other women. I've interviewed now over 500 women. And wow. I know that none of this is possible without all of you. You women who have jumped on board and supported me and agreed to be part of and share your vulnerability and share your stories on the podcast. There is no Empowerography without all of you. So I, first of all, want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Who have participated.
0: This is the man you are. And you know, I talk about mentoring, but I'm really, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm part of my book is called Men Dash Touring. Mm-hmm. Because you get these incredible, you know, humans that we'll call the male and men that mm-hmm. uplift women. And mm-hmm. how beautiful is that? I mean, you know, I know some of your story, so I'm gonna lead into something. Yeah father I mean I was the second daughter I think I was supposed to be a son (laughs) I did all the things (laughs) yes you've
1: mentioned that before (laughs) I
0: did all the things boys were supposed to do Mm -hmm. and you know same with you and it was so important to have a dad or to have a male uh in my life growing up that believed in me and now you are doing that I think for your family and for thousands of others so why don't you explain sort of how you got here and also your amazing family before your family today, like your original
1: family. Yeah, sure. Well, my journey really started with, um, photography, photography led me into, it's funny how our paths, you know, I never in a million years thought that I would be here doing what I'm doing now today, hosting a podcast, um, providing a platform for women to share their stories. So it's, it's really has been an incredible journey, but my journey started with photography. I learned how to shoot in high school. Um, I was taught to learn and learned on black and white film, developing images in the darkroom and all of that magical stuff
0: kids are not going to know what you're talking about no
1: no very true
0: (laughs) i'm just kidding very
1: true yeah Um, so
0: old school and that was your passion but can i just take one step back so people can encompass who you are yes i believe like your family you are the only Mm -hmm. were you the only son
1: no i have a brother um yeah i have a brother so um my brother and I were basically raised by my mom and my grandmother. My That's mom... what I wanted to know. That you were <laughs> yes. raised by
0: two strong women, apparently. Yes.
1: Yeah. My like, mom... not apparently,
0: for sure, but meaning yeah. that they were such big forces in your life. Huge. And they, they did such an amazing job. And I think that carried into everything you're doing. So back to your photography in high school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll get back to my mom and my grandmother later on in the story. But yeah, so I, I learned how to shoot on black and white film and you know, photography is my first love, my first passion. And it's funny, because I never ever wanted to photograph people. And here I am photographing people for a living. I'm a boudoir photographer. So I'm already well entrenched and involved in women's empowerment through that genre of photography. So my, my journey of entrepreneurship started with the photography world. It'll be six years this July, actually, that I've been an entrepreneur. And, you know, I worked in corporate for 12 and a half years as an audiovisual technician at an accounting firm. And that's where I kind of, I got the bug for photographing people because I was, well, to put it politely, I was tasked with the responsibility of doing the corporate headshots at the accounting firm. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what I really did. I, I fell in love with photographing people because of the connection you get with each person as they sat for their portrait. And that's where my love affair began with photographing people is back 12 well i guess it would be about 15 years ago now um
0: you're the type of person that will pull somebody's person and when i say ooh fun typically the corporate headshot used to be or
1: yeah yeah you know one <laughs>
0: yeah. where i can see you saying you know telling them jokes or getting their personality yeah out. You, you can just capture the essence of who somebody is in such a creative way. And I feel like the corporate headshot, when you say that, I envision and most people envision that kind of, you know, very astute. Stiff. And very, and yeah. 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 No personality absolutely. where I know you would no. never allow that. That's not. No.
1: Your. And th- and I th- that's that's our job as photographers is to create an image where we are capturing that person's persona their personality that's what you have to do as a photographer you have to bring that out of people so that's where I I cut my teeth on on photographing people and you know it was fun I I loved connecting with people I loved having that connection and being able to learn a bit about who they are and what they do and um, about three years following that I was introduced through a mutual friend to a boudoir photographer who was based in Florida and I fell in love with her work and the message and the mission behind that genre of photography with what you can help women accomplish in terms of body acceptance, self-love, self-confidence, and all of those beautiful things. And I ended up mentoring with her for six months. And when I was done my mentorship, I just knew it was one of those light bulb moments that I knew I, that's where I've got to take my business when I make the jump from corporate to entrepreneurship as a photographer. Um,
0: That's scary for you. I mean, oh got, man,
1: scary you know, as hell.
0: The schedule and you've got the income and you've got the stability and you've got the you know, everything that you know a corporate job brings. And and there's lots of positives, right? Yeah. But like you said, you've always had this burning passion mm-hmm. for photography. And it and it's how how funny is it that it never left you? And you listened to your inner voice and you kept going back and going, I hear you, not yet. And then yeah. and then it happened. So was it scary?
1: Oh, it was scary as hell. And I would say the first <clears throat> two years of entrepreneurship as a photographer, I dealt with so much mindset shit, getting past the competition mindset and self-belief and all of these things that plagued me for two, almost two years. It took a while to get past it, but.
0: You can't say you're past it yet. I think every no. entrepreneur continues as they evolve. And I know your growth and how much you're evolving. I think it's, it's good to have a certain amount of it because it kind of lights yeah. you up in it. You know, gets creative and it could be good, but you're saying it it, within two years you kind of tame that monster. That's
1: right. I turn the volume down on that. I hear you,
0: but you're not the productive boss here. I am right. Yeah,
1: yeah. We never get past that. You're right. Because we are continually growing and evolving as human beings. So those things, just because we've gotten over it or gotten over that hurdle, does not mean that they don't come back. Of course they are going new, to come back new
0: obstacles are thrown yeah. in your every day all day long especially as an entrepreneur even prior to anything that was happening outside in the world yeah. like you said you've got so many other variables right yeah so,
1: absolutely so interesting um, yeah it, it took it took a while to get past it but you know you have to, you have to push through. And that's one of the things of entrepreneurship. That's one of the struggles that we face as entrepreneurs is though that, and we are our own worst enemies. We are our biggest hurdles for sure. That's the biggest problem we face as entrepreneurs is ourselves. But once I was able to look back and realize, okay, wait a minute here, stop, stop the comparison. Comparison is the thief of, or is the thief of joy, right? So once I got over that hurdle, I started looking at it as, you know, my only competition should be me. As long as I can look back you, on, you.
0: always be yeah. you, right?
1: Yeah. As I could uh-huh. if as long as I can look back and say that I'm improving and I'm growing, that's the only competition I need to worry about because no one else in the, and this applies for everybody for whatever your business is, but no one else is you. No one else has my eye. No one else sees things the way I do through the lens of a camera. So if you gave three or four photographers, one thing to shoot, I guarantee you're going to get different images from each person. So sure no way. one else is me. No one else deals with my clients the way I do. No one sees things the way I do. So that's what you got to keep reminding yourself is that no one else is you. And just keep showing up as you and you'll be okay. I Don't love give that. up.
0: That is a huge, I, I mean, I think it takes people decades to learn what you've learned in such a short amount of time and the fact that you share that because don't you find some entrepreneurs and some people in business keep things very close to their chest yes whereas you know you've built your whole business on uplifting
1: yeah i i think you know
0: hence the name empowering others right yeah
1: yeah i i think honestly i mean When I was working, before I worked in corporate, I worked in the audiovisual world for a company where we traveled around North America, setting up shows for corporate, for concerts, all of these things. And there was a guy that worked that we worked with, it was a very small company, I think there was probably about eight of us that were full time employees. And I worked there freelance for six years before I became a full time employee. But there was a gentleman who worked there, and he was one of those people that kept everything very close to the vest. He didn't share his knowledge. And he was the only person in the company that could do the job that he did. So, What know, do you that, think
0: that says, though? What do you think that says about
1: Insecurity. Insecurity about losing his job, for sure, 100%. And, and on one and hand, I can a understand
0: concern. it. it like, yeah. you said, it, valid concern. Yeah. But, you know, you, you go back to thinking there's no I in team. And That's if you right. can share some of the knowledge and, like you said, educate and uplift mm-hmm. Uh, your team, how much more powerful could you know this person that we're referring to be? Right, exactly. You kind of think the, the what if, but you know the, those are his issues. But yeah, you know we we've all run into that that person absolutely
1: absolutely but that's great that, that is one of the reasons that person no right? exactly and he is one of the reasons that i am the way i am because i don't want to be like that i want to share any knowledge that i have to help people if i can give back i mean in my belief we are here on this planet to give back support uplift and cheerlead each other that's part of why we're here that's a huge part of why we're here so if i have knowledge that i can share that's going to benefit someone else so that they don't have to go through the same things i went through why wouldn't i do that that's that's what we do
0: well, that's what that's what you do. And that's what a lot of people,
1: that's what you do, I
0: surround myself with, yes, correct, do, but a lot of people don't. And I think sort of the premise of what I'm doing, and what you're doing, you know, aligns like our, yeah. we have that same mindset. And even with, you know, mental health and anxiety, you know, around anything, but entrepreneur, uh, being an entrepreneur, um, or anything, depression, it's all about serving others. Absolutely. And you've taken that role to you know just such a high level and just such a high standard. And as I said, I thank really you. applaud you for that. And, and it's you. it's amazing. It's it's a rarity. And I'm sure. Well, thank you. you. you I appreciate uh, that. Oh yeah, no, I I speak the truth. You know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know you do.
0: <laughs> you call
1: you, you you don't sugarcoat shit. You you call <laughs> it as it is. <laughs> yep. And when and thats what added- I love about you.
0: Thank you. And one of the many things I love about you is that you are fab at doing that. And I just think that other people really have to hear this podcast and listen to what you're saying because you know you're saying you know yeah there's there's competition yeah there's struggles as being an entrepreneur but I'm not going to be an asshole and not share where where my struggles helped me and if if you know five percent of what I did helps you you know I'm going to share that if it you know if a hundred percent great um, but you're still sharing, which is you know this the whole storytelling is is so powerful, Brad,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I also think that we are all here, we're all brought here with gifts. We all have a gift or multiple gifts that we're we're sent to this planet with. And I honestly believe that it is our responsibility to share those gifts with people so that other people can benefit from them. It's not about us it's not about us at all. The gifts aren't for us. They're for other people to give back and help others. So if I can give back to someone else and help them learn something or support them in a way that they can, like I said, they can get through whatever it is they're going through or so that they don't have to go through some of the things that I had to go through. Why wouldn't I? We, it is our responsibility. We, we cannot. And should not deprive the world of our gifts. They aren't for us. They're for other people. So give them, share them willingly with people. Why not?
0: What a, what a beautiful message. And, you know, it's hard because, you know, to survive, it sounds like you've really put ego, you know, on the back burner. I mean, you have to have a tiny bit of ego to be able to survive and, you know, to have certain survival skills, but you have put all of that behind you and Mm. said, I'm I'm here to serve others. And and that is, you know, that's always been my passion and sort of my goal. And you have taken it to a level. I mean, you're at over 500 episodes. I think you said three years, three
1: years. Three episodes. years. Just over four. I'm at 400 and 400. I've interviewed over 500, but I'm at episode 400 and something 70 70 something some
0: no yeah but you bank a lot of years anyways yeah you bank some of what you do uh you know which is a very smart uh (laughs) that comes to uh being a podcast uh founder and host but Mm -hmm. you know at the same time too what what is the most rewarding thing you personally not as an entrepreneur but Mm -hmm. that brad feels when he is able to do what he does on a daily basis what what is the thing that lights you up the most
1: hearing the stories and pulling the inspiration from every single every single woman i interview inspires me because you you all have been through your shit everybody we all have as humans we've everybody. all been through our shit but because my podcast focuses solely on highlighting women all of you have been through so much shit and come through the other side and again this goes back to just because we've come through the other side and all the adversity doesn't mean we're done, but the strength and the courage and the resilience are you all different and unique to you. But the one common thread through all of it is you're all incredibly courageous and strong women who inspire me. And that that's what lights me up. Having the conversations, being able to talk to women and hear their stories. I honestly feel, and I was just saying this yesterday to a woman I was speaking with that it is an absolute honor for me to be the host of this podcast and to have so many women who have jumped on board and supported me and who want to share their vulnerability and share their stories with me. I compare what I do as a, as a storyteller, as a podcast host to you and I will say, we'll use your episode as an example, Adrian, you were you're the driver of the car, I'm the passenger, you're taking me along the ride and the journey of your life. You have invited me into that small space, your car with you to share in that journey. What a fucking honor that is for me, for you to get that vulnerable and share that with, with me. And you know, I've had women who have been on the podcast that have said, I've never shared this with anybody. I was
0: just going to bring that up. I, I love the fact that you did. And even for myself, I, I had this lovely uh, guest on who had never even considered doing a podcast. She she just started, you know, um, journaling some things and mm-hmm. connected with me on social and she's a cancer survivor and everything. She's like, I can't believe I'm I'm saying this. I feel like You know, and you could just see through the whole podcast as they grew and as they Mm -hmm. sort of, I don't want to say unloaded, but as they unloaded their truth Mm -hmm. and you bring that out, you have that unique charisma and that trust that people can talk to you, even though we know it's going out to the world. Yeah, um, you've got that kind of safe space for somebody to tell their truth. And I love that about you you were one of my favorite you know <laughs> interviews because you know but it's true because some people are like so as a private investigator what's the you know worst thing you've ever found you know this lying cheating so and I'm like oh you know I'll talk to you about that but yeah there's confidential but where you're like you know talk to me about whatever you've just got this a way to finesse it that people thank you, you know can trust you and and feel safe with you, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Well, and
1: so I- do you, Adrian. I mean, same uh, thing. I reflect you. that right back to you.
0: Aw, thank you. But this is about you. You're not doing that. <laughs> nice try, though. Nice try. I want to get back to mom and grandma because yes. they should be extremely proud of little Bradley because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, nobody calls me Bradley, please stop. Um, no, my grandmother
1: yeah, my grandmother was was actually the only one who faithfully called me that my mom would call me that when she was mad at me stuff of
0: course yeah so but my grandmother that's no all longer, she ever called me grandma, no she's no longer with us I'm no. sorry and when did Can you. you just share when she passed yeah on- she mm-hmm. passed
1: in 2020 from COVID actually um But I know she's here with me and it took me a while to get to that realization and that point too. But I know she is here guiding me and supporting me on my mission because I know that she knows that she is part of a huge part of the inspiration behind. I mean, her and my mom, they are the foundation for all of this. I mean, I wouldn't be the man I am today without those two women. I owe those women an unpayable debt for all that they sacrificed for me and did for me and showed me and taught me and gave me. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I, I am love today.
0: That. You're going to actually bring tears to my eyes because uh, my four boys, you know, for the first uh, little bit of their life, the the first three anyways, um, just had myself and grandma. And I was always like, Oh, I think they need a male role model and mm-hmm. whatever. And I, you know, I went to my pediatrician in tears and I'm like, you know, what kind of men are these going to be? And he was like, they're going to be loving, amazing, uh, empathetic, good listening men
1: <laughs> you so hopefully go.
0: you can talk to my three boys after. <laughs> I'm just kidding but it just really you know brought it home for me what you said because you know you really think about the male versus female but you must have had such a nurturing and loving yeah, upbringing. so absolutely. tell me a little bit tell me a little bit about
1: yeah, it. yeah I mean it was always my mom and my grandmother that were there I mean I I spent probably the first, I don't know if I've ever told you this even, I spent the first five years of my life in the hospital pretty much. I was very, very sick as a kid. And, um, I had a lot of problems with my nose. I lost a lot. I had so many blood transfusions as a kid. My nose would just start bleeding. The veins and the vessels were very weak in my nose. So I'd be it's my mom would like say that. I'd be sitting there and my nose would just start bleeding for no reason. And wow. so I lost so much blood so many times. I my nose has been cauterized I don't even know how many times. Wow. My mom I remember my mom telling me stories where they would have to rush me to the hospital and they'd strap me to a table, strap on my head, strap my arms, strap my legs down and put a hot iron up my nose and cauterize the veins. Oh so my gosh. My mom and my grandmother childhood
0: like, trauma. I'm happy
1: yeah. for you. <laughs>
0: I know, long gone are the humane days, or then the
1: inhumane days.
0: Kind of like, you know, bedside manners, and we're going to freeze and do, yeah, yeah. wrap them down and let's do, you know, yeah, I let's get having it done. febrile seizures and them dunking me in ice water. And this was from when I was born till I was about three. I still mm-hmm. remember that. Trauma trauma of going <laughs> through that, right? It's like there's yeah. gotta be a better way, anyways. We've yeah. come away, not about me. We have, and so that was sort of the first five years of your life. But mom and grandma were always there.
1: Always there. It was them. They they would my mom wasn't working then, of course, because she was home with us. But my grandmother would work and come down to the hospital. I was at Sick Kids for that pretty much the first five years of my life. So my mom would be there and then my grandmother would come after work and relieve her. She'd stay with me. So they swapped off all the time. So they, they were everything. I mean, they were always there for me. They always, they raised us, both my brother and I to, to know that as boys, it's okay to have feelings, to have emotions, to share your feelings, to talk about things. And always, even through my teenage years, my mom was like, you need to talk to, to us about anything. You can come to us. It's, there's no... You know, it's an open line of communication always. So Nothing that that table. was huge.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That's such a strong mes- message to parents. I get so many parents, like hundreds, calling me every single month. And, you know, their kids have gone astray, you know, even prior to the pandemic, but obviously so much more so now. Yeah. And, you know, my first question is, you know, do you talk to your children? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, about certain things, but not about other things. And same, I've always told, you know, you got to come to dinner sometime, Brad, at my house. Yeah. Is, I
1: would love to. Full of
0: Lots of uh, <laughs> functions and fun times. And, but it's like, talk to us about anything, like, nothing's taboo and nothing. You can't not talk to us. And what a powerful message that you're sending. And I hope that you continue to send to parents that it's so important to give your kids a platform, even if you're cringing inside, because sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, tell me less. Tell me less. I'm looking for my what I call my invisible uh, earplugs because sometimes (laughs) it's too much information. But it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to have that trust. You obviously trusted your mom and grandma enough. Tell I mean, them. wouldn't
1: wouldn't you rather have your kids come to you and talk to you instead of talking to their friends or learning shit on the play? I mean, kids are all going to learn shit on the playground. It doesn't matter. But hell
0: yes, hell you yes. know,
1: you still want them coming to you to share that information. You don't want them going to someone else or a stranger to share things or friends or whatever and get misguided. So I think it's so important to keep those open lines of communication for your kids always. Always. I think almost. it
0: is huge and. You know me with my wonderful sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Man, kids say the darn things. <laughs> yes, they do. They'll you know, come home and say, "You know, Mom, what's a gooch?" And I'm like, a gooch? <laughs> "And I'm like, oh, really?" I'm like, "Okay, we're going to talk about it in five minutes, and I'll be calling one <laughs> gooch." <laughs> I mean, many years later, right? I'm yeah. Like, Damn, I didn't have the answer for that one. But anyway, <laughs> that's a whole urban dictionary, and uh, thing, as we yeah. continue to go down the path, but. uh it's wonderful that you had that, uh, yeah. support system, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's still there. If I know if I need to talk to my mom about, she's there, no problem. And I know I can talk to my grandmother. She's here. I was with just me. gonna
0: say, I'm sure your grandma's with you too. I can feel her presence. Yeah. I, mean, I think we're sort of vessels of what, you know, our loved ones has, have taught us. I mean, we, yeah. we not like everything and every message, but no. I think you know, from a positive standpoint, it sounds like they were so incredibly influential. They were. Or what, what and who you have become, which is absolutely an amazing, an amazing man.
1: Well, thank I have a you.
0: a few more, Yo, know, you're welcome. Sure. I have a few more quick questions for mm-hmm. you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So
0: what would you say now, this is sort of a loaded question, but what would mm. you say maybe the top three obstacles are for women still today? Because you're trying to get this messaging out. You're giving women a voice. You're giving them a platform. Yeah. You're giving them opportunity. What are the top three things you feel sort of is the common thread in all of your guests? Is there a common thread?
1: Yeah, there is. There's there's a few common threads. I would say the patriarchy is one of them for sure. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest one is dealing with the fact that women haven't had the opportunities because of the patriarchy. And I mean, I can only go from what I've been told by the women that I've interviewed as well as what I experienced working in the corporate world and what I saw in the corporate world with how women get treated in that world in terms of not getting equal pay for doing the same job as their male counterparts or not enough women in C-suite level positions, not enough women at the boardroom table. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones. I think another one is themselves. Wow. Is getting because that we all do it. And not that's not just specific to women, but I no, would say I, I'm themselves. saying, wow,
0: that is so insightful. Like and it's so true. I because think sometimes
1: they,
0: yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. No, no, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say sometimes we're our own worst enemy. Yeah. But you sort of, you know, you're able to actually see that because they're sharing their stories with you.
1: Yeah. That I would say that. Um what else? I think a mindset thing, it's, it's mindset is a huge thing too. So I would say those are, those would probably be the top three things. I would say mindset themselves and the biggest one is the patriarchy and all the bullshit that's going on, but it is shifting. I have to say, I have seen a shift. You know, when I first,
0: it sure is.
1: When I first started doing this, the podcast and the women, I was speaking to back then three years ago, they would talk about, and I would always ask the question how do you feel about how things have progressed through your career or your business in terms of competing against other women for those positions? Because the positions have been so few, let's be completely honest and transparent yes. positions for women have been very few. So those positions that were available or are available, because it still, it still hasn't progressed to where it needs to be, but we are, it is, it is, going forward. But I think that women have had to compete for these positions for so long because of the way things have been. So we would talk about that. And some women still even have said that they still have feel like the the competition is there among women because they have no choice because the positions are so few, they have to compete against other women. And, you know, when we look at it, women should not be competing against each other. It's ridiculous. Women should be supporting and lifting each other up because well, they're not getting it from men for the most part. I won't say all
0: we no, can't paint everyone
1: all. with the same brush. Right. But I think that it's, I think that's starting to shift to where women aren't having to compete as much.
0: Because oh, absolutely. But things we're, are opening no, up. we're not there. We're not even close no. to where we need to be. No. So, you know, I'm going to bring it back to you, Brad, what keeps mm. you up at night?
1: What keeps me up at night? <laughs> Um, Like,
0: well, you know, not rated, not rated R, but what (laughs) what keeps you up at night? Like what, you know, is there one thing, you know, let's just say for some people, it could be, you know, their business, it could be, you know, situations at home. Is there one thing that you know, and I know how a creative mind works. And usually at night when all is calm mm. is when all is not calm and you're kind yes. of thinking about things. So is there one thing that stands out to you that sort of keeps you up at night?
1: Yeah. Getting all that shit out of my head, all the ideas out of my head onto paper. Like this morning I woke up at 4am with ideas for, um, Speaking at a podcast conference. There's a podcast conference coming up in January that I want to apply to speak at. It's an in-person one in Florida. Wonderful. And I woke up and had these ideas. Okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. This is this is what my talk's going to be. I put the so talking about, points down it's in my sort phone. Of
0: about your creative and yeah. how you can do better. Yeah, how with, I can move
1: things forward with the platform. All of these things. That's that's what plagues me, or plagues my mind, is or keeps me up at night. Is what these about things
0: personally.
1: Personally, um, I worry about my mom because my my father passed away um, in October of 2021. I so know. I worry Lots about her. loss
0: you've had, my friend. And, you know, my heart goes out to you. Thank you. you. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, this is such a common uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing that I'm talking with everybody in and around our demographic is aging parents. Yeah. And it's, you know, you take on this new worry right mm-hmm.
1: yeah and well, it, they did it they did it for when we were kids they were always worried about us I guess now it's time to reverse things and it's it's our turn to to experience what they experienced as parents sure growing up with us right
0: sure is do you do you ha- like does your mom live alone is she in assistant yeah she lives alone
1: no she, she lives is- alone in a house she's not far Where from me she? so she is 73
0: God bless. She's still young. I'm going to have my mom, I think, on my podcast. I think you need to yes. do something if you haven't already. It's funny I have my not. mom just turned 87. God bless her. Awesome. But, um, you know, she's strong as anything, but such a wealth <laughs> of knowledge. So I think we need to celebrate uh, some do. of the women in our lives. We so do. what's next for Brad?
1: Next for me, um, it's just continuing to grow the platform. I want to explode this. You know, for me, this podcast isn't just a podcast. This is a movement that I want global exposure for. So I want millions of women involved. So it's just a matter of continuing to grow the community, share the incredible stories of all the incredible women that I'm meeting. And just continue to put amazing content out there and share these women's messages, share their stories with the hopes of helping, reaching and inspiring as many women as we possibly can as a community. Because like I said, this isn't about me. This isn't about, it's so much bigger than me. It's about getting the stories out there and sharing their stories so that they can help reach and inspire through their stories.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I know from the day I met you, this is your baby baby. And I guess, I, I mean, I know you're a huge animal lover. What about mm-hmm. personally as an entrepreneur, just kind of in closing, what, what do you do for Brad? Do you do anything outside yeah. of, okay, so yep. is there a personal goal you might want to share? Are you running any Ironmans or, you know, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> doing anything crazy like that? Uh, I don't know. Getting a tattoo?
1: No, no. A good what?
0: artist if you want one.
1: What I do for Brad is I go on regular walks, um, meditate and journal. Those, those are my things for Brad. Those that's what I do for Brad.
0: And that, that helps. I'm sure. Tremendously. Absolutely. And
1: Absolutely.
0: is there any other secret that you want to share with us? One thing that maybe nobody else knows about. I did not know the hospital. Uh, that
1: would be, that was the biggest vis- one. I think.
0: Visit, but is there anything else about Brad that you want to share with us that nobody else knows.
1: Hmm. I "I
0: can't share that one. Oh, definitely (laughs) don't want to share that. I know going through (laughs) your mind going, uh.
1: Nothing, nothing really comes to mind. I just, you know, I just want to keep putting the goodness out into the world. And I want to, I want to continue to have impact and to reach and inspire as many people as I possibly can. Well, um, and give back in in continue giving back because, like I said, I think that's our responsibility to give back and as I, human beings.
0: And I know you've got some things that you maybe don't want to discuss right now, but I know that you're taking that also to a new level of giving back and through your platform and mm-hmm. through all the amazing things you're doing. I so thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on my podcast and speaking your truth and letting us in just a little bit into <laughs> brad i'm gonna get i'm gonna have some more new questions for you
1: next <laughs> Awesome, but it, you are it.
0: awesome and like i said just such a wonderful human being please keep up the amazing work and we are forever fans
1: adrian thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for this incredible opportunity to be here with you and it's always a pleasure chatting with you. But thank you for inviting me onto your platform, onto your stage to share my story and the work that I'm doing. I appreciate you so very much. And I'm so grateful for our connection and our friendship. Truly, you're oh, a beautiful soul, Oh, me too. Adrian. My bro-
0: brother, Brad, separated at birth.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, okay, Adrian. That's awesome. I appreciate
1: you.